everybody, and welcome back to the 13th episode of The Lab. Sitting with me here is Brandon Weirig and Alex Trotter, and we thank you guys for responding to our poll we put up uh, earlier this week. I know we put up those three different topics. We're actually going to combine one of the two just because of the interest in some of them. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the gas principle, and then um, had a little bit of an idea. We're actually going to bring up another one called the said principle, which... Um, Brandon will elaborate a little bit further on that one, as well as the gas principle, too. He's just rearing ready to go. Uh, <laughs> Something like that. But then when we get into the end of the gas principle, we'll also get in a little bit more towards um, you know that, that central nervous system fatigue and then also the overtraining aspect. Um, but just to kind of lead it off, just so everyone's a little bit more familiar with the, the it's general adaptation syndrome, which Brandon's going to break that down into three different segments here. And we'll kind of talk a little bit more at length with each one. Um, but just to kind of start off, Brandon, why don't you just kind of go through those three stages of gas? Uh, yeah, so the three stages, um, is there an alarm system or alarm stage, which is basically it's kind of anything new to the body. It's going to kind of be the, the flight or fight um, sense and the sympathetic nervous system. Man, I'm so proud of you. Man. Spell it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't spell sympathetic? No. <laughs> Over time, pronounce them. I just don't believe it. <laughs> the, the next stage would be the the resistance stage, which is kind of um, how the body is going to respond to it. And then the uh, the third stage is the exhaustion stage, which is where the body kind of starts just really going downhill. And, uh, so we'll kind of break those each stages up a little bit. Like I said before, the the fight or flight will kind of kick in with the body. Certain hormones will start kind of activating. Uh, the cortisol levels will start to be released into the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the, if you think about like a straight line, you're, you'll start that straight line, and then every time you introduce something new into that, the, the line's going to dip a little bit until you kind of figure it out, which is kind of what the alarm stage is. And then as you go into the, the resistance stage, your, your levels of the body will kind of start to, to balance out, and then you'll actually kind of see your body go above that line, so you kind of start to almost adapt to that in a sense. Um, you have like certain levels of like glucose levels remain high, the cortisone uh, levels continue to circulate high through the, the body. Um, physiological functions kind of start to, to balance out. And then once you get to that uh, exhaustion stage, that's where like the cortisone levels shoot up. Um, the body's functions start to go down. Stressors really start to hit the body hard. Mm-hmm. And that's when you kind of just start to, to uh, fatigue out and the body starts shutting down. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a quick, quick little synopsis. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've always thought of like the first stage as being like six to 48 hours, kind of like that Dom's aspect of everything. You know, if you've never trained before and you go to do bench press for the first time, that next day you wake up, you might not feel too hateful, but that next day after your body is like, oh my God, you can barely push yourself up out of bed. Um, in terms of going into that, like you were saying, the resistance for resistance development, right? That's almost like your body's gotten used to the stimulus, but at the same time, it's still acquiring basically learning how to adjust to that stress and that stress itself isn't necessarily always just physical um, like you're saying I mean that that can include maybe you were you know you worked out at the gym in the morning then you had a full work day Um, so that stress level and that amount of stress also accumulates so it's not just physical Um, a lot of people don't realize that stress the body kind of handles stress the same way like it doesn't really necessarily have to be Physical stress, mental stress, it still releases the same hormones and things like yeah. that. And it still mm-hmm. takes the same toll on the body. Yeah. Stress is a stress. Yeah. <laughs> Man, get you a philosophical degree. 
I like it. We're putting a book together. Stress is stress. I like it. Yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. So that that's a little bit more about the, I mean, we could go way more in depth with like, you know, the gas principle. Well, let's break it down now a little bit more and let's go into the said principle. So looking at that said principle, um, that is going to be specific adaptation to impose demand. So when you're looking at that, you could look at that as um, more of like a specific physiological response in terms of what you're being exposed to. So like, I guess one, one example would be like where Trotter goes through three week waves and he's going to have a specific movement for that week where his body is having to handle, let's say you're doing banded bench press mm -hmm. and then you're going through that for three weeks and then you change that stimulus. Well, now you're adding to a different type of training. Um, you want to add anything to that? Am I missing anything? Oh, pretty much. I mean, just, it's, it goes it goes over everything. Like it could be mm -hmm. either like a like endurance workouts, uh, yep. weightlifting workouts. I mean, it's it's not just a specific style of training. It literally covers like all whatever you want to get better at, or whatever kind of demands that your sport or just whatever your goals are. It's the same principle. Mm -hmm. It's not like geared to one style. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, eventually, I mean, you're gonna adapt if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over then you're going to adapt to that. Mm -hmm. It's like when all the kids go back to school, the very first like week, they're yawning in class all day. You know, they're like hardly vocal. I mean, we can see it here because, yeah. you know, we'll get like a ton of them will drop off, you know, because they're just too dang tired. Same thing whenever people like first start to work out. Yeah. You start seeing all these gains, like you start seeing all your weight loss, start the seeing all gains. your things, and all of a sudden when your body adapts to that stress. Yeah. I mean, it's... Your body figures out, okay, this is exactly what I need to do to maintain homeostasis, is what mm. your body wants to stay in at all times. Ooh, and once it word. figures out. I like I that know. word, man. He's got the big <laughs> words today, folks. Did some doodling for you. <laughs> no, yeah. but same thing. Morgan, how do you say this again? <laughs> <laughs> she's, got, she's got the the higher degree than I do, but. but you, same is, you is an educated man. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> you is smart. Yeah. That's amazing to you. <laughs> But yeah, that's why uh, progressions always need to be teetered into your programs and things like that, so you don't yeah. plateau, I guess, would be yeah. an easy term for people to understand. So. Mm. so that would be like a good thing where like someone comes into you and they say, you know, I've been training for so many months, so many years, and I've never made any progressions, and then they bring out what they've been actually doing, and you see it's the three sets of ten on every single movement, it's the same movements every single week, there's no change, there's no variability, there, there's no... Same weight, same. Exactly. There's no progressions. There's no changes. And so it's like, oh, well, we can make a few changes. And then you start making those those little adjustments. You start, you know, the whole concept of periodization, right? Mm -hmm. Start making those modifications and it's like a whole new world for training. Um, so let's go a little bit deeper than into that exhaustion phase, right? So let's say someone gets to that end point of their training and they're going a little bit too long into that exhaustion phase. And we start to kind of see that, you know, Gains, 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 little plateau, a little shaky, and then everything kind of starts nosediving. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like, oh, I guess you could say central nervous system, like fatigue, and then also overtraining, you were telling me before that you, you were going to you were gonna get on a few people. So I mean, we don't necessarily have to mention any names, but let's go a little bit. If someone spends too much time in that exhaustion phase, what are the detrimental effects? I, I think overtraining is a term overused. Yeah, I would There's agree. a very big difference between overtraining and overreaching. Mm -hmm. 
which overreaching is actually like if you get to the elite lifters, the overreaching, which is your your body's fatigued, it's sore, it's it's things like that, like you push your body to a limit, but it's it's very easily fixed with a couple of days rest. So it's like a couple hard workouts, your body's sore, fatigued, that's overreaching. People will say mm-hmm. that they're overtraining when Let's be real. Like you can never push. You you have to go to serious levels to get to an over overtraining stage. Mm-hmm. Like I've had some influencers. Like when I was kind of growing up, to where like I've squatted like seven hundred days straight. Yep. I've lunged a half mile, one hundred and fifty days straight. Like never. I I personally have never felt like I've ever been to an overtraining part of my. Like I've never felt to that level. Yeah. Like, I mean, we all push our bodies to the limits. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't think I've ever been there. And I think people will. If you, it's kind of hard to explain because the definitions is like overtraining, like it's you're super fatigued. And now it's going to the, the details of what he sees on, which I think are more of an overreaching style. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. obviously it's it's really quick thing to adjust, but like yeah. being mentally like we have a lot of kids that are just mentally burnt out from their sport. Like you play soccer all year round, and that's all you do. Your mm-hmm. schedule stays the same. Like hard. you're you're mentally burned out, but you're not in an overtraining yeah. state of mind. Yeah. Which your cortisol levels are through the roof, and it's just man, all that Alex kind of go on to like what some the signs that he may see because I mean the West Side it's pretty intense, and you might actually see some of that style of actual overtraining is at, at that state. But like a lot of these kids, they, they don't push themselves into. You're not overtrained. You're just severely under recovered. Yeah, you're under sleeping, under hydrated, yeah. underfed. Mm-hmm. You know, true, but and that and that was like one of the things that some of um, I like my training partners that were putting me through the tryout at the time. They had been around Westside for a long time. They had done incredible amounts of weight, incredible amounts of things, and um, but like I mean, Steph can attest to this. Like I would get home and I would have to crawl up our stairs because I, I couldn't stand up. Like it, it was painful. There was multiple ice baths a day. And, um, and I remember like the, the big thing that like Jake would always say, he was just like, you just have to find a way. And it was just like, what? <laughs> but they were big believers on that too, that there was never like, we weren't necessarily overtraining. I was undertrained. So they were bringing me up to their level. And like, and I remember there was like multiple days in like, in that same week where I was physically unable to stop shaking. So, like, in my head, from everything that I've researched and read and blah, 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 like, I'm taxed. Like, I'm tapped. But they were just like, no, you're not eating enough. And so, like, they would give me, like, random recipes to eat and, like, all this other stuff. And, like, it, that was the only thing that saved me. But, yeah, I mean, there was, like, <laughs> we'd be, like, starting our warm-ups and I'd start shaking or could, like, barely get, like, you know, to the box or whatever because I was so sore. But... <laughs> They like that's it was just like a mindset of like you truly don't understand what it's like to go past like your limits. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that like some of the kids get like a little bit of taste with it because like we like you know, Brandon and I both like we have an eye of like okay, they can go a little bit more. There's a percentage that just like is untapped, mm-hmm. you know, and they think it's like a punishment to them, but like you you only know, um like how to work hard up until the point that like you've worked hard. You don't know what it's like to work hard at like my level or Brandon's level or like your level. Mm -hmm. So 
it's just like experiencing that and just like pulling that little bit like out of them because then they'll like realize like oh okay like i can take it a step further and then they you know they do that and they kind of experience it and because like i mean we we can sit here and talk to a microphone the whole time about how you're overtrained or undertrained and blah 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 blah. like you have to experience that for yourself Mm -hmm. just just kind of getting to know your body but at the same time like what is your own intrinsic motivation like to yeah. push beyond that level of discomfort? Yeah. And like, yeah, and sorry, I cut you off, but like yeah. Lou, Lou would say all the time, like he, he would know within like the first like week, whether these guys were going to stick around or not. And it's just because like, I don't know. Like I remember like, <laughs> I felt like I was like blacking out, like going in and out, like, <laughs> like my hearing would shut off and I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> and then all you would hear is like, Hey, you're up. And like, that's that's it. You got to go. I remember like being bent over in the bathroom, just puking my brains out and hearing like, you're up. <laughs> and like, they would rip the door off the hinges oh, and then okay. just like go. Sounds like a nightmare, but also kind of fun. Yeah. After it was over. <laughs> Did you always hit your like goals though for that? Like weight wise? No, I got crushed. Like, I mean, I, I would, I would hit it a little bit. Like, the, the first day that I was there, I think I made it through two sets of the five squats. Like, they had to peel it off of me. Like, let's talk about max outs. Oh. Like, if you had a, a month to hit, like, this, that yes. SPR, did you always hit that? Yeah. Okay. So, go, going going into Westside, I, it was, like, uh, two years and nine months or something like that that I had not pulled a deadlift PR. And that's training every week. And, like, three months there, I pulled a 30-pound PR. That's the biggest thing. Whenever you go into like an actual overtraining syndrome, like you're not hitting anywhere close. Like your performance level has dropped so much, and you're talking not like a two or three day rest period. You're talking you got to go through deload weeks, you got to go complete rest. You're talking weeks, you're talking months of just completely, yep, tapping out. Like that's the only way you're gonna get the body to recover. Like that's how like severely your body is at in an overtraining state. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then you can also look at it as well, like people who don't necessarily have as much of an intrinsic like knowledge of what their body is like, and they are kind of learning in that. Mm-hmm. You also have to navigate it like murky water, because if you have that person who's not necessarily sure what their body's feeling like and how they should be recovering, then that's when you start pe- seeing people who keep trying to push and push and push, yeah. and then they eventually come see me. Yeah. Um, but except I, for you, you yeah. don't do that. <laughs> You're okay. Uh, Felt different. But like, I, I'm a big believer that like one of the greatest things I ever did was like hire a coach or go to a facility that has a coach. Yep. Cause then, um, man, I forget which one it was, but they essentially broke it down that like you are treading like murky water or unterritory or whatever that uncharted water, uncharted water. There you go. You have a life vest that's attached to the, to the boat. Mm-hmm. That is your coach. They'll pull you in when you start getting a little too far out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like, keep going. Because you, you, you truly don't know, like, you could be, I mean, you're treading water blindfolded, essentially. And you're like, you could be right there to that island, like that PR island. <laughs> but then you start swimming the other way, you know? So it's, it's like, like, I don't know. And I just okay. imagine you guys getting like a kiddie pool out over at No Name. Yeah, ice buckets. Or ice, ice baths. Ice buckets. Right, go ahead. Yeah, Sit I mean, in that. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're also talking about, like, you're competing with the best in the world, mm-hmm. which is, is way different than what I mean. We always push our athletes to the best of their ability, but when you're talking about competing at, at literally the, the highest level and the best of the world, like 
either keep up or get out, and that's Lou's philosophy. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. Everybody's got a home in no name athletics. Everybody's going to have a home in no name athletics no matter what your goals are, no matter what your level of competition is. But when mm-hmm. you get to the, to that style, it's... Yeah. If you're going to slow us down, then you're not meant to be here. Yeah. So there's a big there, difference between... There is. That's... That. Yeah. That's a better way to put it, too, in terms of this. But to, to give... Like, uh, I was always, like, a, a chaser, essentially, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I, I wanted somebody in the gym to, like, go and try to beat yeah. and, like, chase. And, like, and you have to find out for yourself, you know, in terms of, like, your sport or, like, yeah. lifting or what have you. If you're, like, a chaser or, like, you're the one doing, like, um, you're leading the way, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, I mean, Brandon, like, he comes very close on variations to, like, beating me. And I'm like, oh, God. Like the no, <laughs> like hold on. <laughs> Let me put you in the ground. Yeah, but then you know, there's yeah. It's just like it's just like a unspoken like competition, and like you know, we we try to get our athletes to, like think about that. Like you know, weight room mm-hmm. is not like a social group. It's a it's like a, a game day or you know mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, you can lock in for one hour and put your damn phone down and, yeah. and go to work. Like you know, it's pretty easy. Yeah. All right, I got on another tangent. That's okay. I liked it. Um, but then the one thing is also knowing how much volume, what's enough, what's not enough. I think when you're a younger athlete, you're not going to know. No. And like you're saying, that's why it's the role of the coach to do that. Yeah. It's not um, your, it's not your responsibility. It's not your job. Yeah. Like all, all of our programs that are, are out there, like mm-hmm. all of your volume is built in. Mm-hmm. It's based on your percentages that you're hitting. So like, you know, we, we have athlete that's eight years old. She does the same exact volume. As our college athlete, it's just the the weights different and the progressions are the exact same, you know. So makes sense. The only difference is whenever I start, like if you look at it, like as like as an athlete, you're gonna get sore. Like no, absolutely, you're going, there's gonna be a soreness. Yeah. I love starting new athletes on an eccentric phase. I can figure mm-hmm. out their movements. They can feel the pattern. The only down thing about eccentric is you're gonna, you're you gonna are get sore, sore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not, but I'm, when, I, when you go into like the personal training style of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to start a, a new client on a new eccentric phase because they're not going to want to come back. Like, <laughs> yeah. be real. Yeah. So there's definitely um, different ways to view that as a, a general pop versus an athlete too. Yeah. But you you want to understand that athlete as well. Like yeah. you you want to know like how they're moving and why they're moving like that when they're sore. Because yeah. then that kind of gives you like a a slight insight of okay this is you know let's talk about football player this is a fourth quarter. This is what your body's doing. Mm-hmm. H- how much gas do you have in the tank? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like you can monitor it from an outside perspective. Makes sense. But the tricky part is, is three hundred shuttles ain't gonna prove that. <laughs> no. Stadium stairs ain't gonna prove that. Like no, that's what people no. get confused. Is like the fourth quarter, like it's gut check time. Yeah. Like these gassers ain't gonna do it. No. Like how explosive can you be? I guess where the power endurance yeah. kind of kicks in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. one one local guy around here was like he was saying like power under fatigue that, that's not, I don't that doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. at the same like yeah. now your your force production should be almost the exact same like off a little bit mm-hmm. and that's when the that's when the mm-hmm. more sport specific demands which is what the said principle is mm-hmm. where it's not we're not doing exactly you know let's football example we're not using like doing legit football movements yep. we're just using the same Energy system required for that sport. Yeah, which is you yeah. just said sport specific without like turning red. 
Oh, you understand. <laughs> There's actually a, a Haley that was actually having a meeting um, with the, the Reds, and she wrote it on the board. It's like, we're not a fan of sports-specific. We're a fan of sports-specific movements yeah. and yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that, which is totally she, different. She crushed that con- or like that quote. Yeah, but she it, it makes so it. much sense. But at the same time, it's like, over here, like base, like she works with baseball players all the time, so yeah. it's, it makes it easier to be more in that sports specific thing. But if I work with a, like a volleyball player, like a hard hitter, mm-hmm. and a baseball player, like yeah. movement, very and then you have across. a kid that's tapping you on the shoulder, and it's a wrestler. So then now you got to flip your mindset to that, and you're just like, which was nice about the it is the job, it's not like a private sector thing, yeah, section, but yeah, but yeah, that's that's like one of the things that, um. I talked to AJ about, and then like I'm kind of playing around with it. Like one of the football kids, um, you know, he he's a running back or whatever, and I want to get it down to like where his his force production is the exact same from his first hit to the last hit of the game. Because mm-hmm. if you get smacked by that kid, and like, and it's like a wake up call, like you get hit first play of the game, you're just like, oh shit, and then you just know like that force production does not change for the rest of the game. So mm-hmm. like. That that you just mentally beat that kid already, like True. he's gonna ole you and try to <laughs> smack your ankle, you know, because he's gonna make a business decision at that point. Like that's a career decision to line up and meet you in the hole again. <laughs> and I I mean, it's not a shot towards any of the other CFL players, but like AJ's prime example, he'll smack a dude's face mask through his teeth, and then you'll watch the guy sidestep, swipe beat. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I mean, so kind of like what you're saying. So, like, power from quarter one to quarter four, mm-hmm. right? Now, that's you could also go into talking about, like you started in the very beginning, talking about stress is stress, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Then you also got to look about what's happening outside the gym. Yep. You know, school, homework. What do we know when kids are staying up till crack of dawn, studying and trying to, you know, cram in for a test or trying to get projects done? What happens to their sleep and what happens? You can so, see in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the big thing of that is like when it happens successively and it is continuously occurring and you, that's when you, I, I mean, me personally, that's when I started seeing people like, like, you know, you're, you're off today. You're not moving nearly. It's not as crisp. It's not as snappy. Mm-hmm. They don't have that same kind of explosion. And that's when you got to kind of take that step back because one, if, if, if you think about how your brain is, it's only part of your body, right? You don't rest it. You don't give it its time to recover. That's when things can go awry. Mm-hmm. And you got that one section of your brain, right? That, that motor cortex in there. You don't have that firing on all cylinders, and that's not providing that same stimulus. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to go, 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 go. That's when you can kind of start seeing those breakdown in movements. Those maybe not so like, eh, your positioning's off, not bad, but still at the same time. Or like what you talked about last time, when you start seeing like, oh, you picked up 135 and you were like shaking like crazy. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do need to back off a little bit. Like go home and rest. Mm-hmm. Like at that point, that's when if you just keep like, for example, I just had this happen maybe two weeks ago. I was just burying myself in the ground. I wasn't going to bed until like 2 a.m. And I'm an old man. I go to bed at like 8, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I got sick. Just putting myself in the ground. And um, that's something to be aware of. Because like, I'm like, I'm not even working out that hard. I mean, I, I picked up 225. I'm like, why does this feel like 500 pounds? Um, like I, my clean just felt slow. So that's always something to take in consideration as well. Like, you know, you're talking about like overreaching and that's a good mm-hmm. thing. But then at the same time, how do you find that? Like, how have you guys gone about like finding that line with the athletes of how do you as a coach push them into the overreaching without then allowing them to go too far? 
and then they do end up with like you know a little bit of a strain, or maybe they do end up getting oh. sick, stuff like that. A lot of it's well, it will have most of our clients come in two to three days a week. Yeah, which and and that's all season, so where they still have four days to mm-hmm. be a kid. Yeah, could be a kid. So not, it's could not like they're coming in here yeah. like training like five, six hard days a week. Yeah. Like they come in three hard days a week, and then. We try to do our best to make sure they understand the the recovery process and you know proper nutrition and proper sleep and even your client was yeah. it, two weeks ago just yeah come up said hey I'm I'm tired I'm gonna sleep yeah. in yeah she uh, yeah she had a game the previous night messaged me in the morning and she was just like I I need a break like I need I need sleep I just mm-hmm. said okay and then she was like shocked by it but it's like no dude like I I want you to like start recognizing that and picking up on that and. But I, I think, I mean, we've both done it to where, like, we're watching an athlete work out and it just looks like crap. You know, it's exam week or you you know there's, like, something going on with, like, you know, their significant other. So it's like, what's going on? You just start communicating be like, all right, move on. Go, go do this and then you're done. You know, it's just, and then it's like having that athlete be able to trust you on that. Like, we have your best intention in mind, mm-hmm. you know, and... Because I think a lot of the kids, they, they forget that, like, our goal is to make them good in high school, but our, our goal is to get them to college and then make them great and stand out in college mm-hmm. as well. You know, like, and, you know, and then um, if they're, like, a borderline athlete, like, okay, let's let's get you good enough in high school to earn you a scholarship. Because then we can progress it from there. Mm-hmm. You know, same, same thing. It's kind of just like, we we've been around enough or long enough to like understand where, where the trajectory of where you are today is where it's going to lead. Yeah. We've yeah. been through it too. Yeah. You prepare for tomorrow today. Yeah. Yep. You need to put that on a t-shirt though. Stress is stress. I like that actually a <laughs> lot. Uh, now guys, what, Thank you for joining us today. If you guys want us to elaborate a little bit more on any of those topics or either of those two principles, you know, let us know. Reach out in the comments um, or just message one of us. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed today and hope you guys learned a little something. Um, but we will see you guys next time.